Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back, sports fans, to another episode of the Charity Stripe Podcast brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one sports podcast network in Los Angeles. For those listening at home, on the road, in the air, in the water, do you believe we have a great show for you guys today? The three boys are in the house and ready to record and talk some sports, so buckle up, tuck it into your waistband, because here we go. Three, two, one. We're back. We sitting here, I'm supposed to be the franchise player, and we in here talking about practice. Maybe it's the charity stripe. Hit your free throws, cause they're free. So 309 coming out at you guys, and so 308. And I'm joined on this one by Alex Tossman, the Rock to Sopolis, Nikki Snacks Kreider. And this is the best day in Nikki Snacks Kreider's sports history life thus far. <laughs> True or false, Nick? It's, uh, it's up there for sure. Um, <laughs> it's up there for sure because um, as a sports fan, I've never experienced a championship. Yes. Um, I was in California still in 2006 when the Longhorns won a championship. So this is definitely up there. Yeah, it's incredible. And for those of you who don't know what we're alluding to, it is the 14-year, $340 million deal that Fernando Tatis Jr., Nick's favorite player, just signed with the Nick's favorite team. And this Padres team, this is it. They're ready to go with this Dodgers team. I love the deal, too, because he's only 22 years old, right? He turned 22 years old in January, and it's a 14-year deal. It locks him up till he's 36 years old, and you know I like it just from a team standpoint, but also from his standpoint too. I mean, 340 million dollars—that's an average of 24 million dollars a year. I mean, he's the face of baseball right now. I think. Yeah. I mean, he's. I mean, seriously, it's he's on the cover of of MLB The Show, and not to mention this is the first year that MLB The Show is on Xbox and on PlayStation. So they're probably going to double their sales on that game. Yeah. He's also the face of Gatorade, which hasn't been done since Derek Jeter. He's also the face of Adidas baseball. I mean, it's a markability. You know I mean? It's not even just his play on the field. It's him as a superstar, as just like a swaggy player. And it brings so much joy to Padres fans because we've never had a championship, right? Yeah. We've never had a superstar um, besides Tony Gwynn. And he wasn't like a sexy superstar like Fernando Tatis was, right? I mean, mm. He was like, you know, that every day, get on base, Pete Rose type guy. Lunch pail kind but of But this guy, guy Fernando, exactly. But Tatis, El Nino, he can literally do it all. Yeah. You know, he, he runs fast. He runs hard. He hits the ball hard. 
He plays good defense. He's got a cannon of an arm, you know? He yeah. dances in the dugout. He does it all. He's exciting, man. No, he's as from a marketability standpoint, doesn't get much better than him. I think I think the the biggest winner out of all of this feels like Padres fans, right? And Padres ownership. Oh, yeah. for sure. Because you've got him on this contract and even if even if he's not playing short by the time he's thirty three, right? And then they can move him. Who knows? My guess is that the DH position will be cemented into the end has it already been cemented no, no it's still on the fence but by they're not doing it they're not doing it. Around it i think that eventually we'll get to that point where it is cemented in there and then you can just move him to dh you can move him to first base third base whatever it may be and i you know it's there's a difference between 10 years and 14 years and as a fan to know that your guy signed that 14 year deal that's a that's a huge thing because it shows that he is comfortable being in that position, being the face of the franchise for basically eternity. For his whole career. He's going to be, yeah, he's going to be a Padre mean, for life. For, for me as a fan, and I could speak to other fans that I've already talked to about this, um, you know, it's, it's a sign that, not a sign, but it's just, it's something that we're not used to, right? Previous ownership would never spend this kind of money. Yeah, We were, we were an organization that was always on the lower end of the scale when it comes to spending money in, in the salary, right? Like kind of like the athletics, you know, kind of like the Rays, kind of like the Orioles, right? Those guys don't spend a lot of money. We were that type of team. And that was old ownership. New ownership stepped in, right? Peter Seidler, a guy who battled cancer for a long time, finally comes in and says, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to spend the money because I want to leave my footprint on the city of San Diego. I want to, I want to build a dynasty. I want to leave my legacy here because life is too short. You know, it's just money. And so it really just gives us hope that this team is really ready to win. Yeah. And I mean, you saw it last season. It was an exciting 60 game season and you know, they fell short to the Dodgers who ended up winning the world series, but this is something that we have to look forward to for the next 14 years. And I, I know we have Manny Machado for the 10-year contract that we had him, and he's already played two seasons with the team, so eight more years with him. I got to imagine that they're going to at least be in a World Series a couple times. Yeah. Yeah, You, I mean, you'd like to hope. I mean, it's. I think at least the only issue is you have to get – you have to win the division. You have to beat the Dodgers. It's a very tough thing to do. Beating the Dodgers right now is tough. Securing that. You could also win the wild card. Yeah. You go if you're in the. Oh, please. For 100%. The Giants have done it. Like, teams have gone from the wild card spot multiple times and recently, too. It's not impossible. The Royals, I believe, are a wild card team off the top of my head. I it, The Dodgers are tough. The Mets are tough. The Braves are presumably tough. We have to see how that young pitching staff shakes out. Um, but if you all have the. The issue would be, realistically, is if you had to have seen a team like the Mets in the wild card when you have to go against DeGrom, which is not something you want to do. Um, you know, I, I, they final. We have to look at to see if they finalize the baseball format and playoff format because I know there's they're dancing and tiptoeing around a lot of stuff um, before we can set right. who we think is going to go where and win what. Decidedly so, but I think that the Padres are now in a great spot. They have they have their two guys who finished third and fourth respectively in the MVP race. They have Cronenworth who's great. Myers has turned it around. Um, the the bats are exciting there. The pitching staff is is really good top to bottom. They're gonna there's gonna be a team that competes with the Dodgers. It's gonna be them. They're better than any team in the AL. I think the top three NL teams yeah, I agree. are better than any team in the AL. Maybe like if the Yankees are fully healthy, that changes things for me. Right. Um, I think the NL Central is particularly weak. I don't. I'm not stoked about the AL West. I think those are the two weakest divisions on either side. Um, I think the pitching within the AL Central can shock some people, but I think the AL West 
is is actually a two team race, which is crazy because you think that the defending world champs being in that division and signing the top pitching free agent of the year, one of the top pitching free agents to hit the mark in the last couple of years, you think that would give them the head and shoulders above whatever team was second to him in the division, but it doesn't because the Padres made enough moves and have grown enough internally to where I think it's going to be a very competitive season for the two two of those teams. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Voice cracks. barring <laughs> yeah. injury, <laughs> barring, barring injuries, I mean, I, I would say, yeah, it's going to be a tourist race. Both these teams can win 100 games, I think. And you never know what happens. You know, Kershaw's getting up there in age. He, he missed some time a couple of seasons ago. Um, you know, Darvish is, is getting up there in age as well. Lamette's not um, full. Lamette yeah, Lamette's kind of wishy You know, not healthy. So we never know. We really never know how this happens. So yeah. Tatis, his first season, you know, he came out with injuries too. So you really never know. But I do think that both these teams will will finish at most three games away from each other, I think. Wow. And if you had to bet on that, where would you bet, Nick? Where would you bet, Toss? Well, I would bet, and so would Nick, at betonline.ag. Yeah. Not only on, you know, who's going to win the NL West, Josh, you actually said the AL West before, um, and that's Did the I? division that the Rangers are in, and they suck. So no, I was saying the AL West stinks. No, no, no. Yeah, 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 yeah. But then you said the AL West again. No. It's okay. Don't don't worry about it's it. It's a long it, day. Hey, it's been, a, it's been a long day. It. It's a long season to bet on, and you, you should put your bet in at betonline.ag. Um, go to betonline.ag. Get your free sign-up bonus today. Put an MVP futures bet on Fernando Tatis because he just got paid. I know Nick is going to you know throw a couple bucks down there. I'm going 100. 100? 100. There you go. Match Nicky Snacks Criders bet at betonline.ag and, uh, and ride with him. Ride yeah. with all of us. We'll, we'll all do it because I'll ride with you, Nick. It's his, it's his time. I think it's between him or Mookie is what I would bet on. Yeah. Do you guys think that it's a smart – so, Josh, you, you mentioned to me earlier that you put down – uh, a prop bet for World Series winner on three teams, the Yankees, the Dodgers, and the Padres. Yeah. Riding those three teams, do you think it's a smart bet just to to put a shit ton of money on just those three? Because those are probably the only three teams that can win it. Hundred percent. I think though I don't I don't I think the Mets the lock that one of those three teams, right? I would say that I am fairly certain it's gonna be one of those three teams. If I had to begin, which I did, I don't think <laughs> Like, I think the Mets could kind of get there, but it's the Mets and something always happens and I'm wishy-washy. I don't think there's a team in the NL Central that could even get lucky and make it there. And any team that gets lucky in the AL that, that gets there is going to be beaten by that NL West team. Unless it's, like, the Yankees. Um, right, like, except, the, except the Yankees. Like, I don't, like, the, we, there came out of, like, that fan graph thing that we were, like, that I was, like, this is BS in the AL because I don't think anyone knows what's going to happen in the AL. All of a sudden, according to like Fangraphs and MLB Network or whatever, that there's a raise. The Rays, who went to the World Series last year, have an 18% chance of making the playoffs. Like they just lost Snell. That was it, and it's still the same team for the most part. Yeah, mm, they lost Renfro too. I mean, he didn't make a huge impact, and but Morton, they lost. But like they lost Morton, so Morton. they lost those two guys. But I, I think other other than that, I think just kind of crowning the Jays ahead of them, putting the Red Sox ahead of them, is a tough sell for me. Um, I'm iffy the on, biggest like, slap yeah. in the face was the Orioles that they gave a zero point zero percent chance to go to the playoffs. I mean, yeah, I bet my balls I, again. I, I mean, I, the Marlins I, went to the playoffs, and no one had them making the playoffs last year. But the Marlins had like some 
things in low key working for them. A lot of things started clicking. The Orioles, like, like outside of Trey Mancini's coming back, they really don't have any substantial pieces, and he's coming back. So it's not like he's another guy who's beaten cancer, but he didn't play last year, and he's been out for a while. So also, I, we get yeah. we get one step Honestly, closer to normalcy just across the entirety of the season too, and obviously that played some factor into the Marlins getting to where they got last yeah, year. Yeah, sixty games is very different than one sixty two. I don't think I can name a single pitcher on the Orioles. Yeah, probably not. No, I really can't. I can't think of it right now. <laughs> I can't think. Name, of it. I mean, quicker to name like some of their prospects, honestly, like DL Hall. I, yeah, the Orioles are pathetic. They're not. They're not good. The Rangers are also pathetic, dude. It's gonna be a long season. But for we were not a zero point zero percent. That's true. To make the playoffs, I think the A's got kind of a weird shake on that. I think the Indians had surprised some people. It's going to be a good year, I think, for baseball. I'm excited. It starts with Fernando Tatis uh, with that deal. He's a big winner. You know um, who's a loser, though, in yeah. those deals? Ronald Acuna Jr. Yeah. Alex Bregman. Those yeah. guys got gypped. They got I mean, gypped. Ronald Acuna Jr.'s contract is eight years, $100 million. Bregman's is six years, $100 million. Tatis is 14 $340 million. Yeah, it sucks, but guess who signed the contract? They wow. did it. They did it. Yeah. They did it. Like, they signed the deal. <clears throat> it's like a, it's such a, I guess this kind of tailors into what everything else. There's like a big thing in sports right now, the Deshaun Watson thing. And I think that's even further, I think that's its own animal, the whole Deshaun Watson thing, because I think you, it's tough to blame him for wanting to leave Houston because the franchise literally imploded. It took itself out in so many different ways. So it's tough to feel bad for a guy, and it still continues to take itself out in some capacity by just not kind of trading him. And, and, and it seems it. like he's staying. He won't. They're going to get closer to the draft, and I think he's going to go to the Miami Dolphins or he's going to go to the Broncos or the Niners. One of those teams is going to – the issue that the, te- the issue the Texans or these other teams are now having is the Stafford deal was so massive and bloated in some respects for a guy who's 32 versus a guy who's like, what, 25, 26, that it sets the market for Deshaun Watson at a ridiculous price. So to you, there's no way he's going for – he has to go for at least one and a half X of what Stafford went, at least. And Stafford went for a couple of golf, a couple first, and third. He went for a lot. Stafford is 32. What team do you think can give the best deal – what, what team do you think can give the best team? Without a doubt, the Dolphins. They have the third pick and Tua. Jets? They're not going to – they came out and said that they're not going to give up Tua. I'm so. just saying they have the best package for him. No, I, I don't think the Jets because yeah. the Jets, they are giving Darnold, who's – I don't know. He may not – he's not as valuable. The, the, the Tua value is still, to me, higher than Darnold because Darnold had a couple a year or two more and has not performed as well for those two those couple years. Tua – in a weird season where he didn't have a proper training camp. It was kind of just thrown into the fire when he necessarily wasn't ready. He wasn't fully healthy at the end of his college career. I think they would have really, I think Flores' only blunder was kind of putting him in. He should have benched him the entire year, especially when things were going well with Fitzpatrick. I don't really, I've never really understood that move. And I think we've all kind of speculated like that. I think the Broncos could throw together a good enough package and I wouldn't put it past, you know, that regime to kind of go and do it. I think it's a necessary. I think it's a necessary evil. I mean, I it, it'd be extreme. That dis, that division would be would be so dope. You got Mahomes, Herbert, and Watson. Yeah, and plus the Raiders are like mediocre. 
And I, 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 I again, I think the Texans are going to try to ship him to the NFC. I think, I think the Niners are a safe bet. I think that's a fair play for. Um, I think it's, it makes sense for the Niners. They should do it if they. Can I would love it. to see the Saints. The Saints, the Saints should should be in the mix. The Steelers should. The Steelers are not being mentioned, and the Saints are not being mentioned, and it's a mistake. The Steelers may not bring back Big Falcons Ben. Too. The Falcons, they're yeah, they're not. The Falcons are gonna new head coach who's an offensive minded guy. Matt Ryan is still is still a former MVP. He's not ancient, especially when you see what guys like Rodgers and Brady have done. He's still got Julio Jones. They have Calvin Ridley. The, if you're the Falcons and you're a new head coach, you at least have to see what's going on with those two guys and then make a decision next year. You have time. The The Niners, I think, I'm not saying the Shanahan's a good coach. I don't think his job's in jeopardy, but I think it could be one of those things where they mutually part ways because he doesn't want to be a part of it and he's not loving what's going on and he goes for greener pastures and goes to another team. And I think to kind of keep the relationship with him in good, good, good spirits, I think you move Jimmy G in a couple firsts, maybe a second as well, and you go get Deshaun Watson, and you get out of Jimmy G's contract and make it the te- make it the Texans' problem. It makes the most sense. The Niners, yeah, they're a year removed yeah. from the Super Bowl, and he's a competent quarterback, semi-competent quarterback who can step in and at least compete. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm into it. I, I think. I, I think if I'm looking at the NFL as a whole, it seems like the Texans are probably the the p- most poorly run organization in all football. Not just right now. Year in and year and out. And the history, in the history of their franchise. I mean, look at the deal they gave Brock Osweiler. Horrible. That was a joke. That yeah. was a joke. That was a joke. They. The DeAndre Hopkins trade. Joke. joke. The Laramie Tunzel trade. It was a joke. The taking of Der- the ta- taking of Carr before you had any kind of team in place was a joke. That was already off the of yeah. wrong foot. Yeah. Releasing J.J. Watt instead of trading J.J. Watt, a joke. joke. I understand, like, oh, he did so much for your organization, so much for the franchise, he did so much for the city, let him go out on his own terms. But you're a fucking business, okay? Go out and get a, go out and get a second-round pick. Go out and get a first-round pick for J.J. Watt. This is my – yeah, this is what kind of bleeds into – we're in a tough situation. Right? I think it kind of bleeds into the NBA thing. It's at what point I get you want, it's different than the Drummond situation. who's only been in Cleveland for a year. I, it's, it's very convoluted of like, what does the, at what point does the organization have to protect itself? And at what point does it have to do right by the players? It's a very blurred line right now. So you want to do right by JJ Watt and let him go wherever he wants. Well, here's the thing. But you also have to go, you can't, well, the that's fact the that you don't get there's, anything there's from JJ Watt organizations. There's organizations, though, that have their player let them know what teams they want to be traded to, right? Where JJ can be like, hey, I want to go to Pittsburgh with my brother. I want to go to Green Bay and go back home. Or, you know, I want to go to Arizona be with DeAndre. Like, try to make a trade happen there. Yeah. They can do it that way. Yeah, I think they had offers for him. I just don't think they went with anything. They let him go and walk. It's, I don't know. I think they are them. The Jags are pretty poorly run, if I may say. That's a kind of a piss poor franchise. I, we can't sit here and say the Lions are well run either, because they're not. They always suck, for the most part. Like they're horrible for the majority of Stafford's yeah, but, there. Yeah, they always suck. They always suck, but they never made moves that like were appalling, right? Like they didn't trade Calvin Johnson away in his prime. You no, know? but they. That's true. They did not do that. 
I mean, the DeAndre Hopkins deal was, I mean, you just didn't get an, you didn't get a first for him, which was bizarre. It was a, biz- it wasn't the fact that they even traded yeah. him. It was what they got. You can trade guys. It's just what do you get for him? Like the the thing with going to Drummond, the what the Pistons got for Andre Drummond and how good he is and how good he's been in Cleveland is bizarre. It's like wh- what was going on there? Like what what was that deal that was made? It was a weird deal. I mean, they traded him for a second round pick. A second round pick, and it's like I mean, I kind of understand the whole Cavs thing, not wanting to. I mean, they're going to trade him within the week. He's gone with by next week. He'll be on a new team and a contending team. So, give give the people a little bit of a backstory. Of what happened with Drummond and, and Draymond and all that? Yeah, I mean, so what happened with those guys is Draymond went on a rant about um, basically how players are treated versus teams and how they should be treated with more respect. Some cases equal, um, and he gave some very good examples and very good points. Not all of which I agreed with wholeheartedly, but some of which I definitely did. One topic we definitely discuss often on the show is not giving guys enough time in the NBA to mature and find their footing, i.e. you can see with Josh Jackson, who's now turning up in Detroit, a guy who I really liked coming out of college, who never really got a fair shake. Um, and then there's other guys we've seen time and time again who were ready to you know cast off and say he's a bust or he's not panning out. They kind of find a new home and end up working out. It happens all the time, and that much I very, I very much agree with. And we never say it's an organization problem in developing the players. We always point to the player. That's a very fair statement when you ha- when you look at a team like the like the Suns who haven't been to the playoffs since 2010, right? And they have had a bevy of draft picks not pan out. They have had Bender flop, Jackson for them flop. They had. Marcus Chris not turn out the way they wanted to over there. Alex Len didn't pan out. They've had a bunch of guys not work out for them. It's happened, you know, time and time again for them. And we're always like, yeah, those guys are best. Well, maybe the Suns do a piss-poor job in developing talent, and we have to point the finger at them. That much I agree with, Draymond. I agree that Anthony Davis getting fined 100 k for just, you know, exercising his right to free speech is a little ridiculous. The way in which Blake Griffin was traded, we've said from the jump, was kind of bullshit by the Clippers. Him finding out on Twitter after he gave all those years to that organization. All those points, I don't think he brought up the Blake Griffin thing, but I'm sure he would agree with that sentiment. All those points I agree with. The only thing I necessarily don't agree with it is at the end of the day, a job. And those teams are your employers. And respect and treated kindly and fairly is is fairly you you can warrant that that should be the case so not finding anthony davis and giving blake griffin a heads up before he's traded all those things are examples when players weren't treated fairly and weren't treated with respect or kindness and that's bullshit and i'm with draymond green on that this the point though like they can like it just can't be a free-for-all was the only issue and you have to expect a little backlash when a guy like harden says he wants to be traded because everyone knows what that means that means he wants to be traded to a contender, to the Nets. And at the end of the day, you know, he got what he wanted. The players always end up getting what they want. The minute they say they want to be dealt, we've never been in a situation, particularly in the NBA, when a guy says, hey, I don't want to play here anymore, and they don't get traded. Dwight Howard, Paul George, right. multiple times with Paul George. Then you have Kawhi Leonard who got traded. And Kawhi Leonard got traded, and it's just not every, my whole point is not everyone could play for the Lakers or the Knicks or the Bulls or the Heat. 
Even Kawhi Leonard, and I know he's from Los Angeles, but he went to Toronto, won a championship, and still left for LA. There's like there's are more desirable destinations, and the NBA is just constantly trying to you know protect itself because when was the last time you saw a big big name free agent go and knowingly say you know what I'm gonna go to Minnesota or go to Sacramento? It just doesn't happen like that. These guys never will consider those places. Right. It just doesn't roll like that. And the NBA has to protect itself because you yeah. can't have guys coming out time and time again saying, I don't want to be here anymore. I want to get traded because it gets tiresome for the fans. It gets tiresome for the business. You know, Jimmy Butler went to Miami. Obviously, Spolstra and Pat Riley are there. But that was a team last year we thought was not going to be good. They ended up surprising the hell out of everybody and went to the finals. But that was a team a lot of us were like, and they haven't been that good this year. They're not in the playoff picture right now. They're kind of at the, towards the bottom of the East. And I think they'll write the ship and kind of sneak in the back end. But they're not what they were last year. And I think this Miami Heat team, when Butler went there, he goes, Either it's going to be good or it's not going to be good. But regardless, it's still Miami. And if I don't get someone this year, someone's going to eventually come and want to play with me because it's Miami. And it's not, for all intents and purposes, Cleveland or Detroit or a team like Sacramento. At the end of the day, that's just sports, right? That's just the geography of our country. And that's just sports, right? you sign up for when and you play. And that's why you – know, well, here's the thing. And that's why it's also cheaper to live in places like Minnesota, right? And cheaper to live in places like Sacramento. So I think Draymond's point is not vilifying these guys for wanting out, right? I mean, of course they want to win. Everyone wants to win. That's the point of sports. They're not there to, you know, have fun. I mean, yeah, they're making a ton of money and it's hard to feel bad for multimillionaires. But at the same time, like the, at the end of the day, they want their legacy just as much as anyone else does. They want to win championships. I understand that. I mean, Kawhi went and got his in Toronto and he wants to do the same thing. And, you know, I mean, he did it in San Antonio as well, but he wants to do the same thing as hometown Los Angeles. Like, you know, I can't blame him for that. I can't blame him Harden for feeling like the odd man out in in the NBA, not having a championship. I mean, his guy, Katie's got one. LeBron's got one. Kyrie's got I mean, one. I don't blame them one. for feeling that one. way. I understand why they, I understand them wanting to leave and go to a place that, that puts them in a position to win and is a more marketable place. That makes sense. It's just not necessarily how sports in the league work, and it can't work like that because there are 30 teams in the NBA, and how many teams have? There's there's a plethora of teams that haven't even that haven't been to the playoffs in a, in a couple of years. There's a plethora like the the Kings haven't been to the playoffs in 14 years. There's teams that have never even won. There's the, it's like the same teams over well, and over again. It's like I, why like the Celtics and Lakers have combined. We have the location. Have but location issue. is so important, though. I mean, like it's important not only in yeah, the NBA, but it's important exactly. in regular in businesses outside and of the NBA. Life. Right, so how can you ask for, like, parity in the NBA by, I mean, you, you point to the Heat as an example. They drafted Bam Adebayo and Tyler Harrow, their second and third best players, to Jimmy Butler. So it's like these teams that are these, quote-unquote, big places, big destinations to play. Yeah, people want to go play in Miami because it's, it's an awesome city with great nightlife, and, like, there's a lot going on there. It's the same reason why people want to move there. So I, I think it's not unfair of players to be I think the transparency is the real issue like they they just don't feel like they're being like these these GMs and, and the ownership are being transparent with them when they want to make a move and then there are situations that occur like DeMarcus Cousins and this is one of them that Draymond Green did allude to is that DeMarcus Cousins found out he was getting traded at the all-star game which is like that's a major problem like they need to be involved in those conversations they need to know if they're being moved and the, and if they ask for a trade, like the transparency turns into JJ Watt getting traded for something instead of getting let go, right? Because then they're like the, the ownership and the players are bashing heads, 
and, and things just, it's just like, we want to be done with this. We want to get rid of it. And that's why Andre Drummond got traded for a second round pick. And now it's changed his value going forward. And if I were the Cavs, like the Cavs couldn't have gotten a second round pick for Andre. That's what they got him for. They want more from that because he was great the first half of the season or the first, you they're know, gonna get more. fifth of the season. I, I don't know how much more they're going to get. Well, now they've said his, they've set his value at a, at a second round pick. So you can't really just double that. And he's, he's not been that much better. I think the thing with DeMarcus Cousins, it's unfortunate in the way he found out, but he also wanted to get traded, and they did that for him. They fulfilled that for him, and they sent him a place where he can play and be competitive. You know, it's all, all, these guys always get their wishes fulfilled, and people were upset with Harden because, yeah, he wanted to leave, but he's out partying at nightclubs and going to places and, 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 and not being safe and in the middle of a pandemic when that's an issue. We're still in the pandemic, and that's a problem. And he has to be. Yeah, but that that it. has nothing to do with people. Are, I mean, people that has nothing to do with his antics. Where he's too. getting traded, though. No, I'm just saying people were annoyed and vilifying. Also, and on top of that, it didn't help because of his antics. It didn't right. help his situation. Yeah, I mean, I think that the media is very quick to jump on the players. They're always ra- gonna be quick rather to than the players. rather than the ownership. The yes. ownership doesn't get criticized, except you know what we were just talking about, Nick, when you mentioned the NFL franchises and taking a look at like which ones we think are, are operating not in a great way. Right. And, and the Texans is one of them, but until it takes a really long time for, for like the media to look at an organization and be like, Oh, they're doing it wrong because we have to give them some time. Right. It's like five, you gotta give them five to seven years to figure things out. And like now at right. this point, we, we can criticize it. Uh, you think that Andre Drummond wanted to go to Cleveland? No chance. So th- yeah, he wanted to get traded out of the Pistons organization after they doled out a bunch of pieces and basically took everything away from him. And, you know, it, it's it was an unfortunate situation, and now he's kind of back in the same unfortunate situation. Yeah, I mean, it's still, I mean, it's yeah. just the way, it's part of the job. I'm not saying it's great. I'm not saying I would love it. And I'm not saying I don't blame these guys for not wanting a switch up in life. But how often are people in jobs where they don't like work? Or work's not going exactly the way they want it right now. And are getting paid far less than these guys are. And by no means am I saying the whole shut up and play thing, because that's bullshit. These guys should have a voice. Draymond Green has its American right to come out and say whatever he's feeling, as he's done, and as he should. I just think that it's... It can get, I can understand how it's also tiresome for some fans every time a guy in a small marketplace isn't getting exactly what he wants to be like, I want out, I want to be traded. We're already looking at, like, Carl Anthony Towns. The Wizards get off to a slow start. We're like, all right, Bradley Beal's got to go. It's like there's no continuity, and that's like one going back to the beauty of the Tatis deal. There's at least some continuity. You brought up Derek Jeter earlier, I think, and it's the great thing about Jeter, even as a Yankee, he was a Yankee for life. Like, Poppy was a Red Sox for a long time. There is, a, there is some... There is some solace in having a guy. Like, the thing that's so great about Steph, aside from his play, is, like, he's going to be a warrior for as long as he wants to be, and he's been a warrior for a long time. He's a legend there, and there is some greatness in that, and he's built that organization. You yeah, know, like, I think it's possible. I mean, you look at you look at the Mavericks, and they drafted Dirk Nowitzki, and it totally changed the, the, like, the trajectory of the franchise. And we, just like the Warriors, are by no means— they are big cities, but we were not the big market teams, right? It's the Lakers, it's the Celtics. Yeah. It's it's the heat. It was the Bulls, and it's ebb and flow. Like the Bulls suck right now, and they're a massive market team, and they'll get back to where they were with good ownership, making good decisions. Specifically, specifically in the draft, which yes. you you're a huge advocate of the draft, and I so am. I I don't know. I think that I think what Draymond said is 
in the modern day in the modern NBA is very it's it's really valid. It's very valid. And if you look at it from the the lens of seeing things like if you were in a job and you were not in the NBA, yeah, and you were treated in the way that some of these NBA NBA players are being treated, you would have grounds to sue. So who's like being treated so poorly though? Like I don't like like it's and, and we don't know what happens behind closed doors, honestly. You don't know, like, so you don't, I'm sure the Cavs and Drummond spoke about it. You would like right. to think they had this. But I mean, you also look at companies, you know, if you're not playing in the NBA, you're not playing in Major League Baseball, you look at everyday life jobs, right? If you see a company going in the wrong direction, you want to get out. You know, like if I'm at a company, you know, I see that our, our end of the year report is terrible. You know, we're, we're not a profitable business. We're not a winning, we're not a winning company. I want the hell out of there. I want to mm-hmm. get, I want to go to a winner. I want to leave my footprint on this world, like we keep saying. You know, I mean, or, at the end of the day, everyone wants to build a legacy. But there's also or the, or the company comes and hires someone, Nick, that's younger than you and who has the same position as you and says, I too. we think that this you know guy that going, going forward is going to be the guy that we want to spend the money in. Then, I mean, but it, he's going to get traded. He's gone. He's going to get moved. He's going, or he's going to get bought but, out. But here's the thing, though, is he still hasn't gotten traded yet. Because they're gonna find, they still have to find. They want to do right by him, and they will. But they also have to look out for themselves and get. It's still a business. They're still an organization. I don't know if that. I, I hope they want to do right by him. It doesn't seem like that. Is is what the, the kind of making him go back in the locker room and then I, after the fact saying that. I don't like, think they care about doing right by him. Honestly, it doesn't I mean, seem he's, that he was, he's there I for so. like under a season. I don't think that they're gonna do right by him. I mean, if it's like someone like LeBron or like someone that won a championship for them or like Kevin Love, yeah, they'll do right by that guy. But there's an Andre Drummond who's been there for a season. But they're going to move him to a contender or they're going to buy him out and let him go wherever the hell he wants. Yeah, which at that point, you've made a poor decision because you've made a player so dissatisfied that you can't shop him. Like, it's not, it's different for Blake Griffin. Andre Drummond at the beginning of the season was like a, a 13 and 11 guy, which is very valuable and a lot of teams, he's scoring more points than that. No, he's good. Yeah, he's putting, I, I mean, he's, with all this being he's, said, with all this being said, where do you guys think he's going to go? <laughs> um, I don't know. Like, it's also like, it's also, it's again, it's like tough to find somebody. He's valuable, but it's like, who's going to give up what they want for him, what he's actually worth. Well, and I mean, it's, it's tough. It's the it, second round pick, like you guys say, then anyone will. And anyone and the could. and the salaries and the salary. He's getting paid almost thirty mil as well. And I know it's not all about the money, but that we can't sit here and be like, you know, not fair to Andre Drummond. Andre Drummond signed that contract. He signed a deal. He knows you do know what you're getting into when you are in the NBA. It yeah, is I, a but I don't think that he was necessarily like he could be worth that amount of money. I mean, he's it's he's so worth crazy. It. I'm not saying he's not worth it. You know, it's it's crazy that thirty million a year. We just talked about Tatis averaging twenty four a year. Listen to this stat that I just saw. Yeah. Right. Twenty four point two million dollars per season is what Tatis will make. Yeah. That would rank him forty seventh in the NBA, behind Buddy Hield and Lamarcus Aldridge. I mean, these guys make a how lot. crazy is that? Yeah, these guys make a lot of money, and they have great endorsements. The NBA, I think. I think more so than a lot of leagues, at least the NBA does a good job with their players. More so than baseball, oftentimes, definitely more so than the NFL. Yeah, oh, yeah. I think NFL. I mean, I feel bad for those guys. NFL botches left, right, front, and center, and they can't get out. They can't escape it. 
baseball blows it all the time with their marketability. At the very minimum, the NBA does an excellent job in marketing their guys and at least trying to, every time there's an issue or every time some guy's dissatisfied, they at least make it, it seemingly make most, oftentimes make an effort to adhere to them and grant them their wishes and try to make things right with them. Yep, they do. I, just I think, agree. I just think if, yeah, you know, players should be treated with respect, but all players and teams can't be equal. They're still the employer. You know, like we, like we're, we're still, we can't be equal as far as like what kind of say we have to as a director on set necessarily, or as the producer on set, like the guy who runs crafty and, and the guy who runs makeup should be treated properly. He's got a union and everyone should love him and thank him for sitting there and putting makeup on our fucking faces for five hours or getting us food when we've been cranky and hungry all day. Yeah, we should be grateful for those people. But they also can't have the same to say as Steven Spielberg or Sorkin. Yeah, yeah, and that's I, not. I wouldn't say that's a good comparison. I mean, no, I, it's an it's an NBA superstar, NBA starter. You know, James Harden's top five player in the league. I mean, he's not the makeup artist on set. Okay, so fine, Christian Bale. He, you think he's going in the room with Chris? No, who thinks that last say in the Dark Knight? Him or or Nolan? Nolan does. Yeah, Nolan does. But but I but think also, I Nolan, think Nolan is also, Nolan's the head coach. You know, to contextualize, I don't think what Andre Drummond or Draymond Green is not saying organizations like shouldn't have more power than the players. What he asked for was that they don't treat them with a double standard of of not of not being transparent with them. Just like you're saying, like when you're when a company you work for a company, ultimately that company is the one who's employing you. They're paying for you. They're taking care of you, but they are responsible for treating you fairly, as such, I as think, being yeah, the I employer. Think they be and, fairly. I'm not obviously saying. Well, that's what he's asking for. So that that was like the bottom line of his statement. I, and I, I think I said at the and top, I, I agree JB, with a lot of things. JB Bickerstaff came out and said that he agreed with what Drummond said or with what Draymond said. Drummond and Draymond are way too close to each other. But, which there, is but Bickerstaff also said other things too. Like we did have conversations and stuff like that. So I, I think that there are stuff that ha- did go like you were saying that go behind closed doors. And I think, you know, I, I'm very much with you. I think guys should be treated fairly. And I said at the top. I, I agree. But it, it said something when, when Drummond and Draymond dap each other up and Drummond tweets, like retweets what Draymond says after the fact. So if whatever Drummond says he felt comfortable about, he did not say, hey, Draymond, you actually don't know what you're talking about. No, I mean, he's going to back. Yeah, I mean, I don't think, I don't think, again, I don't think Draymond's completely invalid. There were points, a lot of points that I agree with him, Draymond was saying. And I think it's because of Draymond, it becomes off as a bit brash and we have to kind of relook at it in different lens. I'm not saying he's incorrect. And in some, most respects, he is correct. I just think the thing that sometimes frustrates me is that guys want to jump ship so quickly and there's no, there's not a lot of stasis in the NBA. There's not a lot. Yep. Everyone wants I to get these big teams. It's my only big issue, and it can't happen all the time. You can't. But if you if you present to these guys that come in, like the Mavs, you draft Luca, yeah, right, like the Hawks, yeah, you draft Trey Young, you have to really act quickly to to make sure that these guys are happy. I mean, as a Mavs fan, and I know I, I can speak for you know my friend that I was talking, our friend Miles that I was talking to about the Hawks. Like, we both want our superstars to be happy. And sign that massive long-term contract that Tatis just did for your Padres, Nick. Yeah, um, exactly. You know, and, and we are not massive markets. Um, Atlanta and it's, Dallas are very comparable. They're, I would say, in comparison to the Padres, a little bit bigger. Yeah. 
Um, obviously the Padres have become, they're becoming that right with a deal like this, you, you start to become that in the lens of the entire, yeah. in the entire league. But I mean, you, you mentioned Luca and, and you mentioned Luca and Trey young and Tatis. It's, it's like that super hot girlfriend that you get, right. That, you know, you can't do better and you're doing all you can to make that girl happy to make well, sure scary. that you can wife her up. It's scary. I mean, I guess it's, it's scary though. Cause it's like, and, shit, if I lose her, I can't do better than this. And look what the Mavs had to do. They had to go and give up a lot. One, just to get Luca, but a lot to get KP as well. A lot. a lot of draft capital. The Mavericks don't have for the next year, next couple of years. Right. And so they really have to capitalize on a performance level to make sure that Luca stays happy for sure. or the inner workings of the organization are so great and their players are catered to in such a way that it doesn't matter what happens, which I think the Mavs do a really good job of this, and Mark Cuban leads leads by example, and it bleeds into the organization, is that he makes sure that everyone is really happy, particularly his stars. And so I think a lot of what a lot of organizations don't do, Cleveland hadn't didn't have to deal with that for a long time because they had LeBron James. But they, and that's Drummond's that's a great point that Drummond makes is we never go to those teams like the Suns right. and say it's your fault. I'm very much with that. Yeah, and I, I never think do that. I think so. Now it's can Andre Drummond end up somewhere where he can be a contender? What happens after that, though? I mean, he's he's, de- he's definitely yeah, he's an unrestricted free agent. He's definitely a guy that's quote unquote still in his prime. I mean, he's not that old. He's I like, love Drummond. I want tw- him. He's 28. 20 is he twenty six? I think he's twenty six. Go- I think he's gonna go to the Raptors. That's Nick. You asked where I think he's gonna go. I think I'm, they're, they're the Celtics think- are. There's buzz for the Celtics because they have the, the trade exception. Sorry. The the Raptors, the Nets, the Mavs, but I doubt we make a move for them. The Nets, the the Blazers could do it. They've got a lot of guys that are hurt that are bigs. They always have guys that are hurt. That's an issue for them. But that, that you I see, don't think it's a lock that the Lakers get him. I would say that the Nets have a better shot over the Lakers. If he's bought out, yeah. I mean, and that's like I'm rolling my eyes. Like I want James Harden as a human being to be happy. It just blows that he went to Brooklyn, and now we have another superstar. Again, like I made a bet with, I made well, a bet. Brooklyn with, was not where we thought he was going to go. From the onset, from the onset, at least at the yeah. end of it, we you know we we felt that he was heading heading that way. But from the beginning of it, we kind of didn't, we didn't know. We thought Philly because he'd yeah. he'd repair with Daryl Morey. Yeah, Philly. Well, that would have been the same situation. I mean, I know that KD and and Kyrie are two elite players, but I mean, you pair them up with Embiid and Ben Simmons, it's pretty similar. Yeah, yeah. I mean, okay, KD, KD is far and away better than all those guys. But every, I mean, look, this is the NBA. We've seen it for the last fifteen years. I mean, yeah. it just happens with a different team. Yeah, and it's a it's a risk assessment by Harden because there's there's no guarantee that he wins a championship. Obviously, and now he's right, clearly had to take a step back. Right, you look at his scoring numbers; they're completely completely depleted comparatively to last year. And that's a guy who, you know, if he stays on Houston, he never wins a championship the rest of his career, presumably. But he cements himself legacy-wise as one of the all-time scorers. And he still will, but, like, those numbers will, they they change, right? They change because he's now scoring 18 points a game instead of 35 or 36. He's an amazing offensive player. He's been great, but, you know, there are those talks and conversations where Kyrie had to say, okay, you be the point guard, and I will take more of kind of this like shooting, shooting guard, guard role. scoring role. I don't need to have the ball in my. It's it, working out just great. Yeah, I mean, but it is it is sacrifice, right? Like that these guys who are accustomed. James Harden uh, of all the players in the NBA, and now I think Luca is the closest thing to it. Like to have everything for that one guy, 
the Rockets were built that way. They they right. literally gave him everything. Anything James Harden wanted to do, he got it. And for him yeah. now to be in this situation, like he did have to sacrifice, and there's that assessed risk, and he thinks it's worth it to play with Kevin Durant, and mm, I think I think it is too. It shouldn't be anywhere worth it. And I understand, I understand. You know, you want to make your superstars happy. I think Luca might be a little too young to kind of be giving the entire. You but know, they don't have a choice. They, he's they too, don't have a choice. He was so good so early. They're just. They're, you're right. The same thing with Tatis, right? And it's like. Like, I go back to that comparison of the hot girlfriend, right? Like, you want to get down on one knee and propose in hopes that she says yes. And right. luckily, the Padres just you know, got it engaged with Fernando Tatis, and they've married happily for 14 you know, years. I mean, it's the same thing. It's the same thing a little bit with, with Mahomes, right? Like, we're here saying that Mahomes, yeah, we're already, people are already crowning him before this game against Brady that he's already the GOAT. Like, the people are saying that. Play, Whether top 100 play was an incompletion by him. Yeah, you were. Yeah, you were. You were. I mean, I'm surprised by that too. It's crazy. Of the season. Yeah, that play was sick. It was a sick play. It was a sick play. I think it was mostly sick because like it wasn't his fault that it was an incompletion. Like Man, it was a perfect pass. Dunk. Yeah, but to the to the Luca. We're already saying he's the best. The Luca point is, if you don't cater everything to him and you blow it with a guy like this, he's gone. Yeah, I mean, you don't know, right? Like you never know. What about Giannis? How guys are. are what feeling. about Giannis? They did that. They they made the move. They catered to Giannis. They catered I think, to him. I think at this point, it's kind of up to Giannis to prove it himself to everyone else. Now he's yeah right. Now they've given him Holiday and he's got Middleton. It's like what else do you want? He's had multiple years where he's made the playoffs with the number one team in the East, and he has not gotten past the Eastern Conference Finals. Back to back MVP. Yeah, there's a certain point where the the player becomes accountable for taking that team past the hump, and I think that. Luca is young enough at the point where now we're like, we need to give him everything. But eventually, when he's 24, 25, and no. if the Mavericks haven't gotten but, deep in the playoffs, we will we will bring that to his play as well. Like, you can't blame so Trey Young or Luca for anything or Tatis for anything right now. But it eventually, there is right. a certain amount of time that passes where you expect something to happen. It's a little bit I, different. I understand baseball. that. And, and this is just an argument that, you know, players you know, they have the right to want to go chase a championship, right? Like, look at Giannis. Like, it's kind of it's kind of clear right now that he can't do it alone. Right. He won two MVPs. You're just saying he can't make it past the Eastern Conference, you know, finals. He needs to go and pair up with another superstar to get that championship. I don't care yeah. how much money they're yeah. giving him. I don't care right. if, they, right. if they put all the pieces around him. He needs to go get his because at the end of the day, when, when you know, they're inducting him into the Hall of Fame, he's not going to be considered, you know, a top 10 top five player in the NBA because he never got a ring. Carl Malone. Yeah. Carl Malone. Speaking of like, again, it's like fried. Like I just, I'm curious about this jazz team. That's like, and I'll leave on that note. I'm very, do you well, real quick? Do you think there's any chance either of you just yes or no? And then we'll let everyone go that they win. That the jazz win at all. Win. Oh, it's just so tough. I mean, they, they might have, I don't it. think so. Uh -huh. I, I my gut says no. Yeah, Please. you have to fit. You potentially could have to face Please. the Clippers and the Lakers back in back-to-back -back series. Yeah, and then whoever's in the East, big market team. And then, and then, yeah, then you have to beat Brooklyn or the Sixers or even the Bucks. Yeah. The but I do think, and I heard this on an, another show, that it's like there's nothing more the, the Jazz need to prove. Like they're they're so much I mean, fun. This is as good as they Watch, can watching do. them play basketball this year is is really awesome. Um, and they're I would be surprised if they fall off past the second seed. Maybe they fall behind someone, someone catches them for the one seed, but 
they, they're going to keep this up. I mean, this team is, they're losing guys. Like Mike Conley got hurt. Donovan Mitchell got hurt. It didn't matter. It's kind of crazy. I mean, Snyder's sick. Yeah, it's a great, great head coach, coach under the tutelage of, of Popovich. So no surprise there. You don't need the biggest and baddest superstars to, uh, to contend. Yeah, it is true. It is true. All right, Nick. Congrats, buddy, on Tatis Jr. Amazing stuff. We're happy for you. Nick, I heard Tatis may, he said uh, yes. he, he may uh, throw a few shekels your way. He's going to give you money, Nick? That's awesome. Congrats, yeah, buddy. he's my boy. He said that he would give me uh, you know, a portion of his uh, salary. Hey, Nick, before, before we go, um, do you think that Fernando Tatis likes sneakers? Oh, for sure. Oh, where would you buy the sneakers, Toss? <laughs> you, you you know that for a fact. Does he does he talk about sneakers a lot? Is he a big sneakerhead? Um, I don't know if he talks about it, but just look at his Instagram, man. He's fucking swaggy. He is yeah, swaggy. Yeah, I I don't I and don't know for sure, but I would bet. There goes at, eBay. I would bet, bet on, on betonline.ag bet AG. that Fernando Tatis buys and sells his shoes on eBay. Because oh, he you know, definitely sells his shoes on eBay because he he needs money, you know. Yeah, I mean it's the original sneaker. It's the original sneaker marketplace, and I mean it's the place you go if you want to cop the pair you've been eyeing. Nick, Nick, you're a big sneakerhead. You you rival uh, Victor Cruz's collection. Josh and I over here with our Allbirds. We we go for, we're built for comfort, not for speed. But with eBay's authenticity guarantee, your sneakers are meticulously inspected by independent professional authenticators a team of literally experienced sneaker authenticators that verify the box, the logo, the stitching, a, a dozen different inspection points. They also, you know, each sneaker that's sold on eBay receives an authenticity guarantee tag that includes a digital stamp. That's fun. And it also protects sellers with the verified return process. And for sneaker sellers out there, eBay has unlimited selling fees on sneakers, $100 or more, making it free to sell or flip your collection. So go to eBay dot com slash sneakers today ebay the world's best destination for discovering great value and unique selection of sneakers peace love ebay baby prince ebay prince ebay where is he at i love <laughs> prince ebay he's a great shop blocker he's a great shop devin devin ebanks devin devin ebanks <laughs> nice nick <laughs> really good one and on that note of the fans out there drag both feet and bounce swing on a full count with the puck at that putt hit your p the case because they free ain't your free throws why guys Cause they're free. We out you. We love you. Tattoos. We sitting here. I supposed to be the franchise player, and we in here talking about practice. Five
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.